<laughs> Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Vandeveer, here with your other host, Isabel Kiyosayan. We are the founders of Meditation Without Borders, and tonight's topic is all about resistance and, and how it relates to change. Everybody seems to want to change themselves, change the world, and, um, and we're just talking about what is hindering that, and that's how we got on the subject of resistance, resistance. <laughs> which sounds so much better in French. <laughs> And I was thinking about this today and I was talking to a friend about this and at least for me, but I think it applies to many people. One of the things that we most look for in life is liberation, <laughs> and, you know, liberty. And so, you know, countries fight for liberty and all these things, and we can have liberty in our everyday life, but we want to be liberated from our minds as well and from our <laughs> problems and from, you know, everything that crosses our mind and all of our emotions. And, but to actually become liberated of these things takes work and effort. And that's when resistance can come in. Yeah. True li liberty is uh, not you know, the American definition of liberty, which actually has a lot of rules and weapons. Around <laughs> <involved>. <laughs> you know, it's funny, the first time we went to India, and I saw how people like build houses, you know, the construction sites with this, the, the whole floor of the building being held up by a couple sticks and then <laughs> like, the brooms. like brooms, frankly, <laughs> and then you have the electrical system and there's like eight like an entire neighborhood in one like electrical panel somehow and I was like like hmm, that's not to code <laughs> but I'm like that's kind of liberty like in the United States you can't do anything like I can't build a shed on my house within 10 feet of you know a, a tree that's endangered you know, or something like yeah that. yeah you know like there's a rule about you know rules and tougher rules so but those rules are meant to give us liberty and, uh, and real liberation is actually, in, is an inner experience. It's not, it's not anything that you can be given from the outside. You know, like, like when that story of Nelson Mandela, who was, you know, in solitary confinement and yet was able to feel freedom within because of his consciousness state. Um, which, you know, I never actually talked to him about that to see if that's actually real. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> You didn't talk to Nelson. I've heard the story. I'm like, were you really okay in solitary confinement? Because that my friend Nelly told me. <laughs> That's what I call him. <laughs> yeah, but apparently Tom talked to him. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It's just it's sometimes when I tell that story, I'm like, mm, maybe, maybe. Was he really like? Maybe there impressive. were points of liberation. There was moments of liberation. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine it was all bliss, but who knows. Um, but yeah, it is an, it's an inner experience and it, it reminds me of, you know, the phrase that our teacher Tom has also said, where it's like, you know, if, if you were to ask how to get into unity consciousness, which is the highest, you know, one of the highest states of enlightenment, it, his answer is stop not being it. <laughs> yeah. 
you're already there. You're already it. So stop realizing it. Yeah. So really it's about releasing the resistance. It's not about gaining. It's about you're, you have everything. You are everything. The only thing between you and that full blissful enlightened experience is our resistance. Yeah. But you know, that's, it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Li- liberation. That makes it sounds easy. Yeah. Liberation is in the work that we sometimes avoid. And this happens a lot with some meditators, especially new meditators. Uh, when, and just talking about it at the most basic level, we've all gone through this on different uh, parts and phases of our life, but it's happened to some of my students where you start to meditate and you start to release stress <laughs> and that stress release can feel awful at times. <laughs> <laughs> so if at some point oh. in your life, you felt anxious, that anxiousness might be released during meditation. And the horrible thing about stress release is that it feels almost exactly the same as it does when you get stressed. <laughs> you might feel anxious in your meditation. And that's why, you know, it's very important to tell students, explain the mechanics of what is happening so that once you understand what's happening, you don't resist it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you find that liberation. But a lot of people resist meditation and they stop meditating because they don't know what's happening or because it becomes unbearable. But if you resist it, you won't find that liberation, that stress will persist in your body and that anxiousness will be with you. And so we want to shed the light. Right. You want to say your little resist, persist phrase? (laughs) Please go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) What resists persists. When we have resistance, whether it's in meditation, in life, wherever it is, that's our cue to look at what, what that is. Cause that's where we need to allow, you know, it's, if we, if we do a scan of our lives and see what, what am I resisting? What am I resisting looking at? What am I resisting dealing with? What is it about my existence that where I am telling myself, you know, I don't want to be experiencing what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. This is, this is where we can, shine some light and shine some attention um because this is these are the points where we need to grow Mm -hmm. and um and if we don't if we if we resist the point you know these things that need growth then we're just going to stay in the same place and um our, our meditation practice is interesting because it's we're so indoctrinated to go into action and go into achievement and focus 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 and our meditation practice is all about allowing and mm-hmm. like letting go. And we're practicing this, uh, this, this more allowing our life than just resisting and pushing and pulling and forcing and all these kinds of things. Um, but what Izzy was saying that's so important with this stress release is to allow it to come out, allow ourselves to experience whatever we're experiencing, even if it's, whether it's stress coming in, stressing coming out there needs to be some allowing for it as opposed Mm -hmm. to resisting it if you've ever seen anyone who's like you know resisting their emotions you know they're only going to creep up on them later (laughs) 
or come out in some kind of horrible way. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's important to learn to allow and, and be okay. Not, not if you ever find yourself in a, in a mind frame of like, I, I don't want to be experiencing what I'm experiencing, then that's where the suffering is. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between pain and suffering. Pain is a sensation in the body. That is, we, we don't even want to call it pain so much as like, you know, an intense body sensation because mm-hmm. pain is a negative you know, um, implication. But suffering is the resistance to the pain. Yeah. So we can, if, if anyone listening has gone through childbirth, you know that when you resist the contractions, you're in for a world of hurt <laughs> versus when you allow them and you, you sit with the, the intense sensation of birth and you breathe with it and you let it be, and you let that expansion come literal, literal expansion, <laughs> depending on the size of the head of your baby. <laughs> I of course had babies with humongous heads. <laughs> Well, they had to hold in their big consciousness. You have big consciousness, children. They had to have big heads. I know, but but the oldest one, she really didn't have to come out with her hand up on her head, did she? I mean, <laughs> well, that she was, was born thinking. Yeah, like the thinker. <laughs> they call it compound presentation, but all I knew was I was like, what the? <laughs> I'm like, this cannot be what it's supposed to feel like. This is awful. Do I really want to be a human again? That's what she was thinking. <laughs> Do I want to come into this insane okay. family? <laughs> okay, I'll stop resisting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I yeah. will reach enlightenment in this lifetime. I will stop <laughs> resisting. I am ready. She's probably there already. She's just tolerating me at this point but um but childbirth for me was like the perfect example of this because it was the moment you you resist it 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 takes you down you know the moment you resist what's happening uh it's the panic sets in yeah you know and the experience is so different i know this because like in the beginning of the first pregnancy i had I, i let that happened i started to panic i was totally I couldn't believe how intense the sensation was Mm -hmm. and my midwife wasn't there yet. She was partying because it was the 4th of July and she's like, it's (laughs) a first birth. She'll be fine. And so I'm like, first birth, she was flying fast. She, the midwife barely even showed up in time. And so I was just like losing it. And it was the moment, like I kind of was able to collect myself and stop resisting it that it had such a profound difference in how I even experienced the sensation and the pain was definitely less just by the allowing and letting yeah. go of the resistance. So I think, you know, not everything is childbirth, but everything can follow this pattern in life where, where if we can let go of the resistance and just allow the processes to, you know, let, let life work on us and shape us the way it's trying to, then things will go smoother and faster. Yeah. And you touch on such an important thing because when we resist, we're still feeling it, but we're like trying to ignore it. Yeah. 
And so it's still there, but, but we're trying not to feel it. And when you just kind of like, oh, sink into it and just allow yourself to feel it, it'll be over much quicker. And yeah. the resistance makes it worse. And once you kind of see it, it's like, oh, it's not so bad. Like I was talking to one of my students today um, during group meditation and she was telling me that she suffers from panic attacks. And so she had a panic attack and she meditated. And so I asked her like, okay, what was the difference? And, and she told me she didn't feel the panic. She just felt the body sensations. And she was like, I had never realized what was going on in my body. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Look at my heart and look at the way I'm breathing. And, and it was for me, it was like, see how far you've come. You didn't resist it. You, you just allowed yourself to have that. Like, I'm just going to meditate and allow this to happen. And she was aware of the body sensations, but the panic wasn't there and it was over much quicker. I, I, that's, it's so surreal when that kind of thing happens. Um, I had something similar. It wasn't a panic attack, but I had cut myself very badly and, um, my body started to go into shock. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I started to get nauseous. I started like, I was like, I started to (laughs) pass out and, but my awareness went immediately into that witness state Mm -hmm. where I was just watching what was happening. And I could tell it was kind of interesting. (laughs) It was like, Oh, look, this is shock. Oh, look, I'm about to pass out. (laughs) It's fascinating. (laughs) Is this vomit? It feels like it might be vomit. (laughs) (laughs) And so from the outside, someone would see me and I probably wouldn't look different than most people, but for on the inside, it was a totally different experience. And our meditation helps us in getting in that witness state. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime anyone's doing mindfulness, this is kind of what they're trying to force is this witness <laughs> consciousness. Did that sound, did, that, did I sound like I was putting mindfulness now and I didn't mean to? <laughs> no, I think, no, no. And I, 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 because what happens with Vedic meditation is that we establish ourselves in that so that these things happen naturally. And right. with other practices, like, okay, I have, I have to get in a meditation state for right. me to witness. And we're witnessing all the time. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> We're not, but um... well, we are because that's why I'm always laughing at myself. <laughs> it's like I'm witnessing myself. It's like, oh look, you didn't do the dishes today. How interesting. <laughs> oh look, you're starting to. Uh, you forgot to do all these other things you were meant to do. But no, it's the witness state that we get into that helps us. It's getting to that big consciousness so that we can. Um, we can just observe what's happening and allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. Like that big consciousness helps keep you from resisting. Um, it's when we're in the small little wave of self that we get into that really resistance consciousness that ends up exacerbating all the discomfort. So yeah. much. Because resistance is trying to control, trying to avoid, and it's going to happen anyway. So we're in the very small self where we don't want to, have these things and we're trying to control but when we get into the witness state big consciousness um happens and so we kind of know that it's okay and so we stop resisting and just okay this is something this sensation is happening but it's not all that's happening Mm -hmm. so 
when we're in, in a smaller consciousness, we get so entangled into the pain. And so when we get big, it's like, oh, okay, there's pain, but there's also all of these amazing things. And right. so the pain goes faster away and it's, and you feel it, but it's not the only thing that you feel. And big consciousness is, is very neutral about things. It's interested mm-hmm. in everything and neutral. Like it could be watching you being sick. It could be watching you stressing out, having a panic attack. It could be watching you, you know, going to a party, having fun. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of interested in the storyline and that storyline has so many different elements to it. So even something that we would think of negative that we'd resist is actually often an interesting part of the story. So when we get into that witness state, it's, it's, it has that kind of openness to whatever's happening. There's no resistance in that level. Yeah. Um, and another thing we should address is, you know, what most people resist all the time is change mm-hmm. and change is what is the only thing that's always happening. <laughs> it's the only yeah. constant. Um, and meditation really helps in allowing us to stop resisting change. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so interesting because resistance, what we are resisting are the areas where we need to grow and where change needs to happen. And this happens on a physical level and it happens on a you know cosmic level on our life. And so it's very interesting because for example, when we're in stressing a lot in our practice, or when we're feeling a lot of body sensations, there's a technique that, you know, you can learn with a Vedic meditation teacher called body feeling. And so it's essentially giving attention, giving soma consciousness flow to whatever part of your body needs. So needs a little more attention. So if you're feeling a little anxious and maybe you feel your heart needs a little love, or maybe your head hurts, or maybe your stomach hurts or whatever, you put all of the attention in that part of your, where the sensation is. And so what happens is that by putting that consciousness, you're kind of giving it a little love, a little, you know, soma, you're, you're healing through that attention. And so that's a technique that we can do in our practice, but that also applies in our everyday life. There are areas in our life where we resist a lot, like, Ooh, I don't want to have a conversation with that person. Ooh, I don't want to see my dad because you know, there's pain there. Ooh, I don't want to do this. Ooh, I don't want to get intimate with somebody. And those places that we resist, (laughs) I'm not thinking about myself. I know you're laughing. <laughs> um, this is my cousin's friend. <laughs> twice removed. Uh, exactly. Uh, I'm telling the story of somebody else. No, but what, what I mean to say is like, whatever. <laughs> that so threw you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, you know whatever area we are (laughs) yes whatever area we're resisting the opportunity to grow exactly and and change and change is the essential part of life changes evolution and so when we resist change we 
we're not we attract destruction and so we want to go with the opposite you know resistance is is when you feel resistance it's what is happening when a push is coming from nature and it doesn't result in the change you know that resistance to change means that the push wasn't hard enough to push through through the resistance and what comes next is a harder push and you know if you if your mom has asked you to quietly, you know, clean up your toys and you ignore her, next she's gonna yell louder, you ignore her again and you resist again and finally you get sent to your room, mm-hmm. you know? So we wanna, we wanna look at where we're resisting because it's not like the resistance is gonna keep what needs to happen from happening. Yeah. It's just gonna make it rougher. And that's not to say that, you know, if, if you feel aversion, there's a difference between aversion and resistance. Mm-hmm. And there's also a difference between resistance in the sense of like, you know, resisting an oppressive government <laughs> versus inner resistance. So we'll take one at a time. The first is the difference between resistance and aversion. That's a very interesting point. Go, right. go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> It reminded me when you said like, like, like if you're resisting seeing a relative or something and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, th- there's, if you're feeling aversion, what that means is that you are, you know, as meditators, we talk a lot about charm and aversion. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if something feels within that doesn't feel right, like intuitively, which is the opposite of charm, which is like, you know, sometimes intuitively you're being pulled somewhere on the opposite end of that is sometimes you get a push of like, Mm-mm, don't go there. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know what that feels like, if you've ever walked close to the edge of a precipice, there's something in you that won't let you get really close. Mm-hmm. Like that is that feeling of aversion. And it's just, it's amplified so much. So sometimes if you want to do that, just kind of inch your way a little bit close to an edge, not so close. Don't get, you'd be one of those people that takes a selfie off the Grand Canyon and never lives to see the next day but you can feel that feeling inside you of like oh there is an inner function of aversion and it's protecting me mm-hmm. and so if you feel that aversion listen to that because that's your intuition it's different than resistance in the sense that there's something that's trying to come through us that we're pushing down mm-hmm. you know there's something that we are experiencing that we are rejecting the experience that's that's how i would yeah find yeah it that you know internally is something that you need to do it's something that's going to make you grow right but you're like no i'm not ready don't want to don't want to look there don't want to mm-hmm. do the things i need to do don't want to feel that don't want right. to act on that right so it's it's kind of a repression or a a turning away from mm-hmm. what is you know it's that um not embracing what is yeah. aversion is embracing what is and it's actually listening to it yeah so, so what's the second thing there's another thing there's the difference between what resistance and oh yeah resistance, resistance. <laughs> i love it when you talk french That's, it was so long ago that's hardly yeah. all i know um but when uh some you know when we are fighting for a cause there's resistance to ignorance in that, you know, there's resisting Mm -hmm. 
oppression. There's a resisting the um, harming of others. Mm -hmm. However, the inner experience is not one of resistance. You know, yeah. you could be a fighter for resistance, but it feels very much in line, it feels dharmic, feels like Kriya, not karma. You feel there's no aversion there. It feels charming to do so. And you do so like Krishna in on the battlefield in the Bhagavad Gita. Mm -hmm. You know, he's in this war and he's smiling. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like he's 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 resisting, but to him it's it's fully inside, he's fully liberated yeah so so we're not saying like do not resist you know the evils of the world or do not resist when someone is trying to pressure you into something that is you're not supposed to be doing or that's different mm -hmm. so a couple couple things to define here it's so, important another interesting thing and um it's something i've been talking about with some students recently who are um they're recovered you know have recovered from alcoholism for many, many years, but part of that process is not, they have to have this allowing. They have to, part of the AA program involves surrendering to a higher power. Mm -hmm. So if you want, I mean, cause you know, you can think of alcoholism as, as a kind of demon, you know, yeah. it has its own consciousness and it's too powerful for an individual to conquer without allowing a higher power to come through them yeah and um and so that's that's another just interesting example of resistance won't work and what it'll do is it'll just make you feel like a failure you know because when the thing that we resist persists then then we just feel like we're just stuck in the same place yeah and I want to add, like it persists and it, as you were saying before, it gets stronger and worse mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> until you surrender. Mm -hmm. And obviously we want, we want willing surrender and actually surrendering and allowing this super humbling experience is so liberating. It really is. And it's, It's hard though. I, you know, there's things in my life where I can kind of do a scan and be like, okay, where am I resisting? And I just get so overwhelmed when I look at the things that need shifting. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I'm like, that's going to take some serious energy and some serious, but I, sometimes I think I'm wrong in that where it's like, no, I just have to change it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have to plan to change it. And, you know, I just, just stop doing whatever it is I'm doing that is causing the sequence that is not evolutionary <laughs> yeah just stop it just do something different change the sequence change the cascade of events to give me a different result because that's all that's happening is this great cause and effect mm -hmm. in life and for the most part what's happening is people are are doing the exact same things getting exact same effects and wondering why it is that nothing is changing <laughs> you the know but ever repeating coming. known yeah yeah it does repeat it's so much it repeats so much more than to to when we actually do have a lasting change it's it's a serious accomplishment honestly mm -hmm. um and it's impressive when it happens because you're like wow that's different now 
Mm-hmm. Meditation helps us with that because we, a lot of the things that persist for us, that it has to do with stress. You know, like a lot of the things people want to change about their lives are the things that they do in order to cope with all the stress. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard to think differently and think of ways of getting out of there when consciousness has a lot of stress. Yeah. It, it gets foggy. So you, you can't really see clearly. So you want to repeat and repeat and repeat. And once, you know, meditation plays such an important role in this, because when we start cleaning the stress from our bodies and, you know, growing in consciousness, we can see more clearly. So we see better answers, better opportunities like, oh, okay, this is what I need to do now. And then change comes easier. And all that change is to serve us according to what level of consciousness we're in and what we're ready to tackle. For me, I I think I become more embracing of change when I think of it as all change is everything is about evolution, mm-hmm. you know, and that um, enlightenment is the ultimate goal of change. So it doesn't matter what change is happening, whether or not I've chosen it or not, it's for me. Exactly. So it, it makes it easier to embrace it and not resist it. Yeah. Whether or not it's something that I'm, it's better if you're the one who's the change agent, because then you get some control over it and you're nipping it before it becomes really, um, becomes a big issue and nature has to come in and do it. When nature comes in and does it, it's usually rough and, you know, you don't feel like you have a lot of control in that situation. But even when that happens, it's still for you because it's all about growth. So it's good to keep that in the back of your mind, even if it's not in the front of your mind. (laughs) That does call me uh, thinking, you know, it's not, there's like this famous phrase that a lot of people use. You're like, oh, the universe has your back. It's like (laughs) the universe doesn't have your back. The universe is your back. I don't know. I've I've always had um, a little bit of beef with that phrase. Every time I've driven down the, highway and seen like a flattened raccoon and i'm like universe didn't have his (laughs) where was the universe for that guy (laughs) maybe upgraded into like an awesome wolf or something i know but you you know what i mean like sometimes you hear people's stories you're like wow wow the the universe really (laughs) Ooh, they forgot about you good lord so we have to take a really big lens with that one because sometimes if you're in karma or if you're in heavy karma, it doesn't feel like the universe has your back. It feels like, um, it can feel like punishment, Mm -hmm. but it's from a much, we have to take a very big lens and see a very large story arc to see like, this is that this is elevational theater Mm -hmm. and that there's multiple lifetimes here. And that this is the conflict, this is the drama that ends up the crux of where we grow. You know, this is how we grow. And it's that big mama coming in and curbing our freedom in order to push us in the direction of 
our own evolution. Mm -hmm. But that's a very hard thing to wrap your head around if you're a raccoon on the side of the road who's just gotten flattened. <laughs> um, you know, there there is that experience that feels like, you know, that this is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and and if you're not meditating, it's hard to it, that that this this philosophy doesn't feel like it it mirrors our lived experience. So the meditation is what helps you have that dual perspective where on one hand, you're going through the drama of life and it's challenging. Well, underneath it all, you have this wider view that is allowing and embracing it and yeah. making it less painful. You know, it's not about, you know, gaslighting the whole thing and saying like, oh, everything's great mm -hmm. and everything's for all reasons. It's, but it's, it's really, um, it's about having your awareness in the ocean as well as the waves so that you can draw upon that strength of the ocean when you need to and and see that things are not all bad and not all good mm -hmm. it's like before we started recording we were talking about you know giving our little update on what we've been up to we talked for like an hour and a half before we record <laughs> you're missing out on all the gossip Maybe we can do a gossip <laughs> podcast. We'll just record from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we were giving a little update on our lives and I was, you know, telling Kristen about some stuff that I'm going through. It's like, okay, like, come on. Like, I get it. It's not that big of a deal. Just go through the like body. What's happening? And so it's kind of that to it. And, it, you know, it becomes funny, actually, as, as you know, when, when you kind of have that bigger perspective, but you see yourself going through all the motions and getting upset about little things. And so it's like, yeah, you go through both. It doesn't make it any less, you know, as you were saying, we, we don't want to gaslight, but it's like, yes, this is happening, but this is also happening. And it's <laughs> all, all part of you know, the ocean. I think that's actually one of the reasons why um, when you tell your friends what you're going through and you mm -hmm. end up laughing about it, it's because you're becoming the narrator of your life. Absolutely. You're, you're getting into that witness state. So when you're with your, when you're with your buddies and you're like, this is the crazy shit I'm going through when you're in it, you're in it. And so you're stressed and you're crying. But then when you're relate, relating the story to your friends, suddenly it all, it can become funny or it can become interesting in a different way. And, and that's because by having to tell the story, you have to get into that witness state, that omniscient state, that narrator state. And, yeah. uh, and when we're meditating, we're just in that. And so we, I actually have like dialogues with myself where sometimes my, if I'm like, say I'm having like a hissy fit over a pile of dirty dishes or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like I can feel that witness laughing at the small me having the little fit. And then <laughs> the small me is like, shut up, big me. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is actually a big deal. And then the big me is like, it's just cracking up underneath it. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. That's why yeah. I love comedy. I think we would make great stand with comedians if I do say oh so my myself. God. Because comedy is, 
you know, it's something bad with yeah. perspective. Yeah. It becomes funny. And so that perspective is consciousness, it's growth and consciousness. Yeah. So the worse the story, the more you grow, the funnier it becomes. <laughs> and so that's why, and I think we talked about it on other podcasts, but there's a stand up comedian in Mexico, and she has a, a bit about. You know, there's this another stand-up comedian in Mexico who doesn't have a leg. And she's like, oh, my God, he's so lucky because <laughs> since he has it so bad, his jokes are going to be so good. <laughs> so- <laughs> and so when something bad happens to another stand-up comedian, it's like, damn it. Like, he's he's so lucky. He's going to get amazing stories and bits out of this. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's funny. It's it's true. Perspective and distance is what makes things funny. And I, you can have distance and perspective, or you can have dis- distance and time. You know, you, I think about like when my little kids dress up as pirates, and I'm like thinking about what real pirates were like, and they're like they were murderers and thieves. <laughs> they did horrible, <laughs> horrible things. And here's my three year old putting on a cute little pirate hat. It's like, ee! you know, like, yeah, yeah. And you think of, think about maybe the kids, I don't know, a couple hundred years from now, like, are they going to like dress up as like serial killers? It's like, oh, look how cute. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> how adorable. You know? But, you know, it's, it's, you have that distance of perspective mm-hmm. that, you know, <laughs> so, so I think in our own consciousness, we can create that. We don't need the, as much time. Yeah. There's so many things that, you know, in my earlier life that I laugh at, you know, things that were just, I thought the world was coming to the end when I was 16. And now I'm just like, oh my God, how embarrassing (laughs) that I thought that. Yeah. And you can, and you can make jokes out of it. So, and it's the best, it's the best (laughs) to be able to laugh at that. So lucky he's missing a leg. (laughs) damn him damn him so lucky i I don't have any i I have all my limbs (laughs) there's no way i'm gonna be funny exactly you know izzy was a clown for those of us who are just tuning in for the first time (laughs) in her former life i was i was a clown and one of the beautiful things about clowns it's like there's they call it like the more you are in the pile of shit, the funnier it is. <laughs> and so when I'm when I'm having a bad time and I'm very not cosmic, I'm very individual. I'm like, at least it'll be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's true. I actually I used to, um, you know, before I meditated, I went to a therapist like everybody does till I realized that I could do the same thing myself and it would be much more effective. But, um, part of my therapy was I would write stories about my life mm-hmm. in the third person. And it, I kind of invented my own type of therapy and I didn't understand it at the time, but what I was doing was I was putting, putting myself in that witness state. Mm-hmm. And what happened when I started doing these stories was everything in life became fodder. And so I had this much more allowing you know i i felt this lack of resistance suddenly because then anything that happened to me I, at least immediately in my head was like ooh that'll make great 
a great short story. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so even the bad things or the weird things or the, you know, I just kind of started accepting it all. Mm-hmm. And I know not everybody is, you know, a creative writer and can do that, but you can kind of do that on your own when it comes to just watching your own life and your own story as something that's interesting and just accepting everything that comes is like, wow, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what is this teaching me? You know, right. you have the capacity to observe and not, I don't want to go back into comedy, but one of the beautiful things that I love about comedians is their capacity to observe, mm-hmm. observe human behavior and see these little quirks that we all relate to and make jokes out of it. And so life is happening everywhere all the time, you know, and we're constantly getting these little messages, these little things, and the opportunity to kind of step up and see what's happening and what is this teaching me and what's the value of this is there all the time. Yeah, it is. And it, and it just, it's just a different vantage point Mm -hmm. to to go through life. Um, And just notice, just notice when you're resisting, you don't have to resist the, there's almost like a double thing here where like (laughs) you can, you you don't you can allow the resistance even you know? <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah resist uh resisting does that work yeah it's like, <laughs> like when you know students learn how to meditate and you give them the instruction of you know the least effort you use the better and so I have students yeah. who use effort to not use effort yes yeah, it's like don't you don't even have don't to do, do that. that just <laughs> relax and enjoy it's it's a little bit like that like resist the resistance right like if you find yourself resisting don't get all controlling about releasing the resistance yeah (laughs) like like just notice it allow it and see if it softens put attention Mm -hmm. there and see if it softens get in the witness state watch the resistance see if it softens Mm -hmm. be gentle with yourself be interested in why you're resisting there's information there if you can't let go of the resistance at least be like hmm that's interesting Mm -hmm. where is this coming from why why is this sticky as opposed to that that self condemnation like ah i'm resisting and i'm a horrible person Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like ooh, i'm having trouble here that's interesting what what, wonder what this is about (laughs) exactly (laughs) What, what what am i releasing here Lord, why am I having trouble talking about this? Why why (laughs) am I? And it's like, okay, pull the thread. What was it? It was like, we, we, we recently were in Arizona on a teacher's retreat for five days. And I think I cried the first two and a half days (laughs) (laughs) because we were doing, you know, heavy rounding, which is like intense meditation. And so I was having a lot of stress release, but, but it was, I remember consciously thinking okay allow this because i had the expectation that i was going to go the first time i haven't had my kids in a long time and i was like oh this is gonna be great i'm gonna relax i'm gonna hang out with my friends and that was not what was happening it was like heavy stress release and so i was like all right this needs to be allowed this Mm -hmm. whatever is coming out and i found it kind of funny (laughs) because i was like laughing at what myself thinking i was going to have this like almost 
relaxing vacation time and instead I'm just like (laughs) (laughs) just sobbing in front of everybody so you know we can when we allow it 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 just comes out and then all of a sudden it was done Mm -hmm. like I remember the moment it was done I was like oh that's over it's, and all the, like, there was lots of thoughts too. Lots of negative thoughts were coming out at the same time. And all of a sudden it was done. And all the things that I was having negative thoughts about, I was fine with. I didn't care at all anymore. It was like, oh, how it, I observed it come out and I observed it done. Mm-hmm. And the more we observe that, the more we know that half the stuff that's going through our head is just garbage anyway. <laughs> yeah. And it's just our stress. And it has not, we don't really care about the things we think we care about not about the things usually isn't anyway (laughs) yeah and we worry a lot also about what other people think and everybody just thinking about themselves (laughs) that is true nobody really cares that much nobody cares if you're finding resistance from other people (coughs) in certain ways like if you find people getting controlling or resisting with you um you just want to ask yourself like, does this seem like this is coming from a, a good place or does this seem like it's coming from their stress? Mm-hmm. Nine out of 10, <laughs> nine out of 10 doctors will prescribe that it is coming from their stress. Yeah. So, you know, in which case we'll, you know, we, we don't kind of get all controlly about that either. Just mm-hmm. kind of allow it. Yeah. Allow others, you know, you allow, mm-hmm. you surrender to yourself also you know allow others to have whatever experience it's relevant for them to have yeah mm-hmm. you don't have to go along with it if you don't want to <laughs> and if if anyone out there has any questions or wants to talk about this further we are available so please write us yeah and if there's a topic you want to you know, dive deep or you want us to talk about, also feel free to reach out and we'll happily talk about it. We can talk about anything. We're amazing. We can can make jokes. We can make bits. (laughs) Well, thank you all for listening to us tonight. If you want to hear some of our other, uh, what are they called? Podcasts. want to listen to them you can go to meditationwithoutborders.net they're on there they're also on spotify and apple and all your friendly neighborhood podcast websites <laughs> <laughs> so thank you all so much thank you Jager Dave. Dave.